a lot of times we like to say like we take big bets and like roll the dice but really like i think again it stems in research and, and i think it does come from data-driven decisions again like i don't think it's an educated risk and educated bet but a lot of experiential marketing is about being bold taking those huge risks and creating this experience that maybe some people were expecting this is digital marketing Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Kim True, the Global Events and Experiences Manager at Expedia Group, and we're talking experiential marketing, which I think is a huge growing space for marketing and is probably, you know, pretty much the future of what we do. Uh, so welcome to the show, Kim. Ah, oh, Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate the intro. No problem. So uh, let's just launch into it. You know, a lot of people are, you know, new to the subject of experiential marketing. And I think, you know, post COVID pandemic, uh, we're all about it. I think everybody is about it. So uh, how would you define it? Yes, I loved defining what experiential marketing is, because I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about what experiential is. It always seems to be tied to um, an event. And of course, that is a majority of what experiential marketing is. But I like to say that experiential marketing is not just a channel in the marketing mix, but it is a part of the whole integrated uh, method- methodology per se. So it is an integrated marketing tactic, or I would say. So pretty much, I would say experiential involves multiple channels, whether that be events, social partnerships, brand marketing. Um, it actually touches upon a lot of multiple channels that I like to call amplification channels. And so in my eyes, experiential is about, again, creating a whole experience for the brand, for the consumers or whoever humans that you're trying to go after. Um, and it involves events most of the time, but at the end of the day, it's all about the experience beyond that point in time. And so the best experiences I've seen in my life, um, especially from a Gen Z point of view, is not the ones that are just, um, just an event and then it ends right there. It's about the ones that are how do you feel after that event? Or how do I feel like I'm still a part of that brand? Or how do I feel like I'm still a part of that event after it's already over? Um, so again, that pre and post experience is super important. And so I think a lot of people define experiential as just pop-ups, all the sexy things, the photo ops, um, but it's way beyond that. It's about the whole entire experience for a, from A to Z. So that's exactly how I would define experiential. Well, that is uh, a good definition. Uh, very intimidating, I would say, just because, you know, I'm always trying to sell people on the, you know, a cohesive marketing approach where you're actually integrating your offline and your online and you're you're doing it, you know, it's not just about, uh, you know, say doing a campaign and doing an email and ads and all that kind of stuff, but also about the customer support afterwards. You know, how do you continue the experience after people have purchased? So is that kind of the, the process? Yes. So I think, you know, experiential thinking is really involving, again, like, like I mentioned, you just said too, from A to Z, was that experience pre and post. And so very much, very, very similar. And I think that aligns with events of that people just think once the event starts, once the event ends, that's it. But no, it's way beyond that. What do we do to amplify that event? What do we do to promote that event pre? And how does that ex- experience extend and transcend those um, timelines? And so just like you said, or like how you're mentioning how posts, it's really important as well. The same thing goes for experiential. So pretty much I think experiential can um, apply to a multiple marketing channels, honestly. So that's fantastic. So how, how do you actually start the process? Because I know for a lot of companies, you say event and then they're like, yeah, we got to plan that. 
And then 30 days prior to the event, they're like, we really got to plan that. And then two weeks prior, they're like, we really got to plan. So uh, could you could you walk me through like a, a typical event uh, and the process of going from like, okay, we have a date. Where do you start? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because, well, first off, as events people, we love to plan as much as we can. And obviously a far ahead, but obviously events always, there's always something that can come up either the day of or two weeks before or the moment it happens. And so really the process that we we try to align ourselves and start off with is that we look at the calendar as, obviously as a whole and see where the moments we want to reach our, well, in, our, in my case, employees. But in general, I've had experience in uh, B2C, so in general, consumers, of where do they want to interact with us? Because experiential is about really about a two-way conversation, right? A, a lot of marketing channels are, but experiential is about that hybrid of in real life and digital of how are we going to talk to our consumers and have that two-way conversation and truly have an authentic conversation. So we always try to look at these moments of, you know, where can that lean itself for us to have this natural conversation where it makes sense for us to show up. So we're not going to show up, you know, just randomly in a random event, random space, random timing that just doesn't make sense, obviously. And so for us, we obviously look at um, some temple moments. We try to, you know, for us, we try to do maybe three or four temple moments. And then what is that consistent red line um, experience that we can give to our consumers or our employees or our B2B partners every month? And so from a process standpoint, we start to think about those moments. And then hopefully we try to plan, I would say, at least, you know, couple months ahead of time, but of those big moments like, you know, Art Basel, those South by is a huge one, obviously in Austin. So even those huge moments, we try to go as far as advanced as possible. But once we find that moment that we feel like we're aligned with and that will reach the people that we want to reach, then we can have to go and start diving into strategy and thinking about what is something that we want to tell, like what's that story we want to tell to our consumers? For example, for Vista, we activate during the holiday season and a really important for us was to be able to communicate the story about our holiday gifts, obviously. And how do we basically show that we don't just do Christmas cards, but we actually sell a bunch of personalized gifts. And so we found this moment in LA, actually. Uh, we partnered up with um, Unique Markets, which is a marketplace in LA. And we did a pop-up in their marketplace where, I mean, I mean, I think 6,000 attendees attended this market over a weekend. And so we want, we knew this was the right moment for us. We knew that these consumers are right in line of who our target audience is, of course. And we designed this moment to be um, basically a shoppable living room experience where people got to sit in the living room, get to shop through um, our website and see all the different components that we actually can personalize. So whether it be a blanket, pillows, we personalized pillows, um, desks, ornaments, like there were so many different products that we had in this pop-up shop that really show the breadth of our products. And then, yeah, so then that was the right moment for us. And we decided that this is the right experience and story that we wanted to tell. And so that was able to create this interactive, again, two-way conversation between us. Um, and at the end, end up showing all our consumers um, and our audience, like, this is what else we can do. Um, this to print is not just, again, holiday cards. So it was a very uh, special moment there. But kind of answer a question yet yeah, how we kind of start processing and thinking about how do these moments actually lean to sell for us to create this human interaction and truly hit the mark um of connecting with them i love that well i love the the term the tentpole moments because it's uh you know it holds everything up and it connects everything and it, it really but it gives somebody a pinpoint because i think a lot of times with the marketing we think so broad and i'm all about cohesiveness so i want all the messaging to be the same and the imagery to be the same but if you don't have that like one thing to give people like highlight, like here's what you here's what you're going to remember, then you're going to miss it or you're leaving up the chance. So 
how, how do you actually choose those? Is it like, you know, just a creative brainstorming session? Like, what do we think about it? Or do you bring in people to talk about it? Or how's that work? Yeah, that's, uh, well, definitely first, we love our creative brainstorms. I think it stems from a lot of, our, I would say experiential is a huge part of brand marketing strategy, right? Like we are, for our team, again, in our previous line of Vista, we were the team that were really trying to show the story of Vista is beyond just Vista print. We had multiple other companies under that um, umbrella where we wanted to show that we're a design company. We're able to help a small business design A to Z, not just business cards or print items, but um, graphic design. And then all the way down, yes, we can print that for you too. And so we were the team that wanted to show that story. So we're thinking when we looked at the calendar and we said, what are the huge moments for us to show up? We decided that our, a lot of consumers and something that we haven't really ventured into are designers, are the small businesses that need design help besides just printing help. And so we decided that, you know, South by and um, our bottle are huge moments where a lot of small businesses um, need a help during those hot moments. Like where that be, again, like they want to put an event on actually for South by or for our bottle, they're just trying to get people through their door during that hot moment when everyone flies out to Miami experience this huge moment. And we decided that, so since those are those moments that we think that they we, we were needed most and we wanted to show up and tell our story and, and actually have an interaction with them, that's how we're like, okay, let those are the moments we want to go after and go big on. Um, so those are our big bets for the year. So usually, yes, it starts with a creative uh, strategy, you know, brainstorm of thinking, where can we reach these consumers? And what are those moments that, again, that they need us, almost they need us the most, but again, the the moments where we can have that conversation and it's a natural one and not it's not forced upon per se. Well, that's that's tricky because that, you know, I think you're getting into that art side of, of marketing because it's hard to say like, this is really going to hit because I, I always think in terms of content and I'm like, oh man, this is a great article and everybody's going to love it because I think it's so interesting and blah, blah, blah. And then you send it out and it bombs. And then you do another piece of content, which you thought nothing about, and then it hits. Hey everyone. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your Digital Marketing Strategist Certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. So how do you, is there, I don't know, a method for you to, to decide like, okay, that's going to be popular or is it always just kind of like a roll of the dice? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Cause you know, a lot of times we like just to say like, we take big bets and like roll the dice, but Really, like, I think, again, it stems in research and, and I think it does come from data-driven decisions. Again, like, I don't think it's an educated risk, an educated bet, but a lot of experiential marketing is about being bold, taking those huge risks and and creating this experience that maybe some people weren't expecting, you know what I mean? So um, a lot of times when we, you know, created, you know, we went over at these moments, we were, again, looking at the data of like who our consumers are, where are we under indexing and what are those, I would say, factors that help play into what would be the most feasible or most natural conversation, like I, like I, like I mentioned. So with our Basel, like for example, 
a lot of small businesses we knew from our research and knowledge is that they were looking for a way to amplify themselves during this moment. Like we heard firsthand from these consumers, such businesses, that they were looking for a way to show up and really grab attention from this otherwise really busy, hot moment. And so we're like, okay, it seems like they need us. This also is a moment for art and design in general, which is the route that you know our company did want to go through and go towards is to pursue um, designers and make sure that they know that we're not just again a printing company. And so again, our consumers were there. And so we knew that although this is a big bet, it is a noisy moment that it made sense for us to show up um, in terms of audience perspective and such. So yeah, I definitely think it requires a combination of being, make sure you do your research and then make it educated again. But it is also the uncomfortability of, yes, it is a big bet. It's a risk and you just got to roll a dice sometimes. So Oh, I love that. Well, and I love the big risk because I actually just watched uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Have you seen that movie? It's on Netflix. It, it, it's about these art critics and, and you know, it's it's experiential marketing where it's like, okay, hey, there's this ball with this hole in it and you stick your hand in the hole and you don't know what's going to happen. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Now it's kind of a horror movie, so it's not good what happens. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> but it's intriguing. And, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about where you're saying, hey, you want something that invites people in, gives them experience, and then makes it memorable, which are huge accomplishments if you're able to do that. So uh, which would you say is your favorite kind of experience that you have put together other than the living room one? Oh, yes. Uh, well, then I i mean, naturally, I kind of have to go to our Basel. We actually partnered up with a brand called Kids Immigrants. They're based in LA, actually. It's a street rare brand and their whole brand is circle around community. So every, even if like every piece of clothing has the word community on it, literally. So um, they really pride themselves in helping their small businesses in LA, but also they want to branch out to Miami. So Another part of experiential, is, I think, is a close collaboration and partner with is brand partnerships in general. Um, a lot of times, especially for our team in previous lives, is that we really tap into brand partnerships to create all these experiences together because it amplifies what we do in that event experience and usually bringing stuff like a brand like Kids and Brands who has such synergistic values as us. It just was the right fit. And again, it just made much more sense. And like I said, lend itself to a more natural conversation. Again, during this hot moment where usually everyone comes and they pay attention to the huge brands of course and they pay attention to the obviously the art scene going on but what happens to that small business scene that happened in miami of how are they impacted during this moment which is an amazing impact and so we wanted to shed light to that so we partnered with kids and immigrants we actually created a pop-up at a small business based in la or sorry miami and we were able to showcase these all these brands that are small businesses that are on Miami and basically push all the hot moment um, attendees to that actual pop-up and actually got them to um, experience them and get to go interact with the small business owners. And that was one of my fair by far activations. Um, it also included an Instagram social guide. So we actually created a whole guide highlighting this map of small businesses. Um, so people were, again, able to drive drive them to these uh, small businesses as well. So it was that pop-up, and it also included this intimate dinner dinner experience that we put on the small business owners in Miami during our puzzle. So just ending on that note that we partnered with Kids Immigrants, and we were able to bring a pop-up experience to small business owners. We showcased them at this pop-up shop and actually got um, a bunch of the attendees of, of our puzzle to that pop-up shop and get to experience their brand. And then again, we did a social activation as well, where we created an Instagram social guide that drove basically uh, eyeballs and attendance to these small businesses. So that was a, a, my favorite by far, my favorite experience. 
That's awesome. Okay, so you put together this show, you've got people to the booth. What happens afterwards? Because I know, you know, the experience was great. Is it, uh, you know, a follow-up drip campaign or do they join a group or what's the what's the process to keep the experience going? Uh, I love that question because as part of our team as well is that we actually have a brand ambassador program under our team. So a lot of that, a lot of those small businesses slash anyone who attended that pop-up um, as well got to connect further through social media after, the, after that activation. We kept that amplifying that pop-up through our social channels. But then those people that we interacted, um, interacted directly, we were able to point them to our brand ambassador program. And that was a huge part of also showing the ROI to experiential as well is all the relationships you get to build during these events. So a lot of the funnel, you know, we got to funnel a lot of these relationships into the brand ambassador program. So that is a huge point also that I like to reinforce is that, you know, a lot of times people are talking about ROI events and people always question like, how do you prove that? I think there's a lot of creative ways to do that. And I think one of them is through relationship building. I mean, even like B2B experiential marketing, when you do trade boost, um, that's a huge, uh, especially with a sales team, that's a huge uh, ROI or metric that we like to use. But in general, I think um, that's underutilized uh, tactic right there. It's just, you know, trying to, you know, see how many relationships, how many people you're actually able to speak towards and, and build a relationship with, um, which is what we were able to do at our Basel. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and I think that's, uh, you know, the ideal scenario is that now you have a bunch of brand advocates, you have more people as marketing channels, and now they could uh, hopefully get pe more people to the next event. Is that kind of how it works where you said, okay, you love this, you're going to love that too. Exactly. You want like whoever we, again, experiential is such a great way to create that authentic connection. So whoever we interact with, we want to keep them obviously in our community, in our brand um, loyalist as per se. And we want to keep maintaining that relationship with them. So a lot of times, again, it is through, again, repeated events and experience and that interaction that we want to make sure that they, they, we are on top of mind for them always. And so 100%, this is like the starting point relationship. And also it's the way to maintain relationships as well. Oh, fantastic. And it, the form of that, is it, uh, do you have an online community that kind of keeps everybody in touch or is it more just personal touches through SMS and things like that? For um, Avista, it was actually an online community. We had an online platform specifically for our brand ambassadors. But yeah, so my previous life, yeah, we definitely keep try to keep in touch with them through online, whether it be social, whether that be our, our platform for brand ambassadors. But yeah, I know I, I definitely, SMS is also a great way to keep them in touch in terms of community building. But um, 100% that real interaction of being able to have a conversation with them on our platform, it was a huge win for us. So definitely a point to that direction if we if we ever want to do that again. Love that. Well, I think uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show because I think there's so many like nuances with what you're talking about because it's like, have an event, <laughs> you know, just that one or set up a booth. I mean, you go to most shows and you're just like, man, these people apparently have never done a booth before because everybody's sitting around doing nothing. Like, Gotta be active. <laughs> exactly. You know, event staffing, I think, is a huge, specifically just event staffing in general is a huge topic that a lot of people undervalue the difference of how event staff can make. So any of your brand, like when I say brand ambassadors for events, uh, a lot of brands don't pay as much attention to who they, um, you know, get for these pop-ups or, you know, experiences. And I really have to say like the best experiences or the best pop-ups I've seen are the ones that have um, brand ambassadors that are truly just the representation of the brand. They pers 
they literally are the human personification of the brand. So um, that is a huge learning that I think everyone can take is that pay attention to your event staffing and make sure that you do, you hire the ones that are as excited um, as you are about the brand is also. Oh, that's such a good idea. And make sure they could talk to a camera because I've been to so many shows where I'm like, hey, could I talk to your spokesperson or your social media person or somebody? And they're like, oh, they're not here. And then they're like, can I talk to you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> then why? No, that's, that's such a great, oh my goodness, that's amazing point right there because a lot of experiential such experiences are being treated like a film production. Like there's so much content opportunities from events and experiences that are right now underutilized as well. And I I mean, I know everyone talks about how social is really um, the key, I would say social currency is one of the key KPIs for events and experiential in general. Um, and it might be even bigger than exact dollar revenue because again, I think it hints towards the lifetime value. If you're able to get someone interacting with you on social, you could have a lifetime customer from that interaction. And so really having social content people at experiential events or experiences in general are huge because you need to grab as much content as you can from every event, every pop-up. I love, well, you're talking about ROI. I think that's the easiest way to ROI is like, hey, you have content for the next six months and it's all video and it's all pictures and it's all people using your product. Like you can't. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's um, definitely one of my favorite doing think about 2024 social and experiential are going to be huge partnerships slash huge channels that are going to be taking a big bet on, especially for the next year. So. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kim. I think uh, if you're interested, we could definitely have you back because I think that, you know, just just the hiring, how to hire staff is a huge component or how to get people to come to your booth. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, get outside the booth and tell people about it. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> oh, yes. No, that would be amazing. Everyone says events are like pretty much run your own small business. It's basically it's a whole thing within itself. And so, yes, there's so many components to it, but I appreciate this talk so much. This conversation was awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, where can people learn about you in the meantime? Yes. Uh, my website is kimtrue.com. So pretty simple, my name. And then you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm a huge LinkedIn you know, person. So please feel free to connect with me. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you uh, you have a very good, you know, cohesive take on what it takes to actually run events, which I think a lot of people, like you said, vastly underestimate. And not just from, you know, like, a uh, you know, making it happen perspective, but getting the results and the, the ROI that ac they actually want to happen. So I think you did a great job explaining that. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes are released. Please share this with a friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. I'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. 
There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.